So J.K. Rowling's a big old ninny. Great A boob. What'd she do this time? Oh, she... Okay. Or is it just more of the same? She's just doubling and tripling down on the oh, nonsense? she did more of that because with all her transphobic views or whatever, I try not to follow too closely. She wrote a 958-page novel where there, apparently the serial killer is a transvestite or a transgender. Uh, I think it was a transvestite, like a cisgendered man who dresses as a woman to kill. So obviously the trans community is yeah. upset about that. And then that's goes against like the old style trope of well you know men who dress as women are crazy and murderers and because apparently you know like back all the way from psycho and stuff that's mental sign of mental illness like people are or trying just, to or that's just like a that's the stigma that transgenders have to deal with is yeah that the, you know they're not right in that you know there's something wrong with them mentally yeah that's that's and like the which whole... she like if one of us wrote that in a, in a story you know, wouldn't get any heat, but because of her very known strong yeah, stances on Like if on Stephen the King wrote that story, yeah. it probably, because everybody knows his views, they'd be like, oh, well, he's very inclusive it, and he wouldn't... And that must be, that must be for a reason. Yeah. Like, that he's dressing for, as a woman, as for, as for a reason. Right. For the story. But J.K. Rowling, even if she didn't write that story... To be just against trans people or to paint them in a bad light, you just assume yeah. because of her views. Mm-hmm. So it's just why would you even fucking write? And apparently it's a because she, I forget the name. She has a pen name. It's a guy's pen name that she wrote this under. And this is like a fifth book in a series. The other ones, as far as I know, haven't dealt with transgendered issues by any means or anything like that. Probably a lot of feminist themes, I'd imagine. But uh, I looked on the Goodreads like to see what some of the reviews. This work is a little icky for me. A lot of one-star reviews, and the people either outright said, I did not read this book, or some of them were like, well, this book hasn't come out yet, but I'm giving it one star because of what it's about. I don't think you could do that. No, that's... In my opinion, you got to read the book. I mean, you don't have to, obviously. That's like a big controversy in the review culture is you don't have to review books anymore to, to or read books to review them or anything. I think you should. Um, I don't think you... We talked about this about movies and stuff. You can't really critique something properly if yeah. you don't know the actual. Like you can somebody can tell you the story, but you need to read it for yourself or watch the movie or whatever for yourself. Like uh, Netflix is apparently getting canceled because of that Cuties movie. Yeah, which is like apparently apparently like a pedophile's fantasy. Yeah, or something. I keep on hearing about it. Well, again, because I don't like to go mob culture. I watched it this weekend. Yeah pedophile movie yeah. it's fucking disgusting i get the message that they're you know over sexualization of young girls and kids today like just tiktok and everything like how modern culture is very sexualizing for children i guess you could say i was like okay well, i understand that message like i could get why that'd be controversial but why would the movie like why would people boycott them trying to have that kind of message the whole movie is them literally zooming in on 11 year old girls butts and crotches and and I'm not even just talking about a little bit. Like, there's scenes where the girls are bearing, wearing pretty much, like, nothing. And they're just fucking kept zooming in on their asses and crotches. I'm like, ooh, that's fucking like, gross. How would they, how would they even get able to make that? Apparently, well, it's in France, I think. It was a French film. But apparently, they had over 600, six-month process or something with over 650 young, like, 11-year-old girls twerking auditions for them. That's, who, whose parents... Let them go to that, first of all. Dude, that's fucking gross. Like, who's judging that? 
Imagine being the casting agent who got hired to be like, hey, we need you to cast this movie, help us cast this movie. Uh, this is what we're looking for. Well, what got me to want to watch it, not really want to, but what got me into watching it was because it won, like, awards at Sundance and stuff, like, independent film awards. So I was like, oh, well, this must have some merit. That's why I thought it was going to be about the message. Because I don't mind controversial films if the message is right. Turns out, from what I read, the person who awarded, gave them the award, or was behind who gets the award, was a convicted pedophile. Uh, of course do. he was fucking yeah. lugging that movie. It, yeah. Needless to say, anybody listening to this, it'll be a little late, but it'll be next week, so probably old news by then, but don't watch a fucking movie. You don't need to. You're not missing anything. It's fucking gross. It's gross. Like, I just feel uncomfortable the whole time, because there's, like, scenes where they're just, girls are just walking and talking, and still zooming on their butts. Yeah, because it's not even, like... That... They're very clearly 11-year-old girls, yeah, too. It's... Not even, like, some of the movies where it might be older girls playing young girls. No, yeah. they're clearly 11 years yeah, old. Yeah, it's not like whenever, like, the girl like the, the girl in the movie is, like, 16, 17, but she's actually, like, 23. Like, you know? Yeah. It's not... It's not like Hard Candy, yeah. where it was... What, what's her name? Ellen, uh... Uh... Page. Yeah. Ellen Page, who was an adult, probably going on her 30s, almost, who played an underage girl... I don't remember in the movie if she was actually underage or not, but she played an underage girl who's, you know, catching pedophiles or whatever. But you could see, just because of her looks, you could see that, but she's still an adult. But these yeah. girls, they're just little kids. Ooh. Well, like, who would, how would you film that and feel comfortable? Because they had very explicit dance scenes at the end where it's just like at least solid five minutes of just butts and crotches and zooming in and them spanking each other's, like, not even spandex. It's like those cheerleader little... Uh, underwear things smacking each other's asses and bumping like pretty much like a cardi v video cardi b video whatever fuck her name is cardio because ah, uh, she runs i don't know um but i i was i was and all that is supposed out. to be pushing the message of over sexualizing of young children by at, doing that at exactly. the end of the movie the girl for no inexplicable reason just starts like she runs off the stage at the end of their dance routine like before it's over and then she just goes to her fucking dad's wedding, even though he's already married to her mom, and he's getting married again. Some weird, stupid shit there. And then she just goes and, like, jump ropes with kids, I guess, signifying that she's just going back to being a child. Like, uh, that's very ham-fisted and stupid, too. Yeah, and in reality, that switch wouldn't be as easy. Yeah, I just... And there's a lot of other scenes in there that were even grosser and more provocative besides the dancing. But the dancing, I couldn't even get past the dancing because the zoom-in shots. Like, there's a shot where the one girl was, like, on, uh, they're on stairs dancing. And she's, like, right up in her crotch. I'm like, ooh, why is that necessary to portray your message? It's not. Mm. Like I said, I don't get offended by a lot of things. But I could, I could honestly say, like, I can't find any merit in that movie. Yeah, it's just like a pedophile's wet dream. It's fucking gross. Yeah, it doesn't sound... It even doesn't even sound like, oh, at least there was an interesting mood story to this tale. It just seems all... Just just gross. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't even like a Lolita where it might have some kind of message or, you know, artistic merit. It was just fucking gross. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't watch that movie. But you know what you can watch? The DPW Podcast Live! Oh, wait. Woo-woo. Camera's not working again. That marks 365 days in a row this year that that camera hasn't worked. Welcome, listeners. 
you are on the Drunk Penerating Experience. Today we have a great show for you, don't we, Spencer? Yeah, that we do, sir, that we do. For those of you not initiated, I am your host, Caleb James. And as always, Spencer, what's your name today? I don't know. You, you need a name, sir? I do. What kind of man can live in this world without a name? The man with no name? Are you Clint Eastwood? Unfortunately, no. Well, he has a name, so he can't be Clint mm-hmm. Eastwood. How long can we do this NPR intro? Mm-hmm. No, until you get done saying the name, I suppose. Oh man, that could last forever. That could be one minute. That could be one year. It's hard to say. Yeah. Got whole, nothing but time. Nothing whole but time. Ep- whole episode. Whole episode. <laughs> just whisper talking. I feel like some people kind of like this. Yeah. I feel like jingles probably don't even have to speed us up when we talk yeah. like this. Imagine listening to us on speed. It'd be so fast. <laughs> wow. Anyway, Spencer. The Shenandoah Sideshow Church. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, is that like sideshow, like uh, like freak sideshow, or like just kind of like a... Um, I just think like... you know the answer. <laughs> yeah. I think you know the answer. Um, I don't know why I went with the, the drunk pen writing experience. It's not really an experience. If anything, it's kind of something you listen to, and then you just feel yucky the next yeah, day. Yeah, you're just like... Mm. Uh, today's episode, we're talking about writing, but you know what? I found this when I looked up writing <laughs> on google because i'm very professional also i mentioned off air the very first thing that came up under the people also asked is it writing or writing with two t's that's who's looking that up actually i should what is was the answer writing is the right word writing is the misspelling of writing really Man, huh no way shit what um, did people do before google hmm, not no shit fucking read melville i guess I'm sure he would tell you the difference. Today, this is something we never actually uh, discussed on the show, which seems kind of stupid. We probably should do this in our first episode. How can I start writing? Mm. Seems simple. Yeah. But think about this. I mean, how did you start writing? Well, you just do it, but you kind of need... It's like most things in life. If you just try to, oh, I'm just going to start doing it, you're going to be all aimless and yeah. wandering into the darkness. And then you're probably going to get buggered by some weirdo with fucking scraggly beard. <laughs> and then you're not going to want to do it anymore. So if you want to start writing, well, you need ideas. How do you get ideas? Write about your surroundings. Do you ever write about your surroundings? I feel like you incorporate some I kind get- of Pennsylvania themes here. Pennsylvania themes, uh, work environments, um, of either myself or, like, people that I know that I could, like, ask questions about. Does that have anything to do with the murder stories you're always writing? I mean, I can neither confirm nor deny those for legal reasons. I mean, a lot of times when I am writing a story set in a city, I find that my mind does drift towards Pittsburgh. Usually, if I want a bigger city, I'll I'll avoid Pittsburgh, but I always think, well, that's kind of a cool city. you got the multiple rivers, you can throw the bodies, you got bar scene, you got a lot of things you could work with there. And it's a very, um, like, you know... Condensed area. But yet a lot there. I mean, like, you could, like, you could have, like, a certain part, uh, be a certain part of Pittsburgh, and you just go a couple blocks in another direction, and it could be, like, a completely different scene. Yeah, you have a lot of, uh multicultural experiences in the same like 10 minute span of walking or driving it's kind of strange but and it's I, cool and i always kind of got that from like um you know i think that seeped into me from reading a lot of you know stephen king because you know a lot of about maine maine and you know other places that he's lived at and 
You know, that's, and like you said, that's, the, well, that's all closest, biggest city. And if we ever really needed to, like, say, if we were doing, like, an actual novel and it took place there, it would be easy to go and, you know. Easy to promote, too. And, or, and to go and, like, you know, research, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You can't, like, if you want write to a, write a story in New York and you got to fucking either Google map everything yeah. or, you know, do a whole bunch of crazy research or you could just take a weekend and drive like 30 I miles. I had to do that when I wrote that one story set in Tokyo. I was like, that, oh, that would have been, yeah. It's tough. Especially if it's another language, not the story wasn't yeah. on Japanese, but the names and the places. And I'm like, well, how's this going to, you know, I got to make sure I'm fucking paying attention here or I'm going to name a building that doesn't exist or something. Or if you're trying to, actually what I had problems with, I was picking up the streets I wanted to be real, but I wanted to pick up names that were made up. But I just kind of joined names from different buildings. I don't know. See, I feel like the the idea part isn't next necessarily the the problem area for me. It's more of the execution or defining of what the that that idea is. You know? Yeah. The next one, which I can't say I've ever done this because I was never a diary guy or anything. Mm-hmm. Write about what you did today. I hear a lot of people actually say if you just stop and write whatever was the most memorable part of your day that can help you with story ideas and different things. Um, I guess I like, especially when I worked at Walmart, I probably had a lot of yeah. those with weird customers and stuff that would have been funny for stories, but I, I never really tend to do that. Yeah. I was never a big diary guy myself either. It could probably maybe be a good like warm up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to get, you know, get the, get the fingers loosened up and just kind of get in that mindset of typing at the keyboard. Maybe mm-hmm. that could, you know, that could be a plus of it. Yeah, just getting warmed up is always a good thing. That's another thing we never really talk about because it's just kind of assumed that writers warm up. Like, artists could do sketch warm-ups yeah. and stuff. But I know a lot of people that they get discouraged because they feel like, oh, I'm not getting anything done. It's like, well, did you warm up? So what do you mean? You know, you kind of just get the your brain switched to writing mode because, like, your speaking mode and even your texting mode or your internet browsing mode, all that's different than that creative writing mode. Yeah. I guess he agrees, or does he disagree? Why, why are you in here, man? You did this last week. Why are you here again? <laughs> he this, was, he th- was being good. Man, he just books it. It's hard to say what's going on upstairs. I heard door shut. Uh-oh. <laughs> he got booted. Click. <laughs> the gas starts pumping <laughs> yeah. through the vents. Oh, fuck. And then we're, then we're enclosed. <laughs> what was I saying before we, the um, dog interrupted me? Uh, oh, about warming up. Uh, yeah. Like, but that would be a good way to warm up. Most things in life, it's hard to just kind of go into it. Now, some people can. Obviously, there's outliers. But for me, I find good writing warm-ups are necessary. What I do when I'm working on a story and I don't want to, you know, write a quick flash fiction or something to warm up, what I'll do is I'll actually just go back, even if it's only like four or five paragraphs, and just start editing those. Yeah. Just to get my mind back in the story. And that's how – because then I always find new sentences that I want to add or take out and – that usually is my warm up. Just help you, uh, help you get track of like the the story beats and the ideas again. You mm-hmm. know, like oh, okay, this is what I was, this is what I was doing. And sometimes, if it's the physical act of writing that seems daunting, I'll actually go on to uh, one of those free typing lesson sites, and I'll just do a couple rounds of uh, fast typing. And you know, it's usually like a Dickens or fucking Hemingway, whatever story. They always have some kind of prompts, and just even reading those while typing it out just kind of click gets my brain to click. But yeah, as far as writing what you did today, I never did it, but I could see how that would be helpful. And again, that probably depends on the person's lifestyle and what mm-hmm. the if you're doing a whole bunch of cool shit and having adventures and stuff, I could see how that could maybe help. 
Another thing you can do, write a section of a chapter to that book you've been working on. I find doing chapter outlines works for me if I'm trying to do something long like that or something that has chapters. Uh, you just kind of, you're not descriptive really unless you have a, which I actually find when I do those, like say chapter one, I'm introducing the character and the setting. Sometimes I'm like, ooh, you know, it'd be a cool sentence I want to throw in the, this first chapter. It would be a cool idea and I'll throw those down, but I don't elaborate on things. Yeah. Just the basic, you know, guy gets shot, guy fucking gets in the car, steals it, like just stuff like that. Write a letter to your kids or one to yourself. Mm, I don't think I'm going to do that one. No. That's, you could write a letter to Nitro. Could write a letter to Nitro. I don't think I think he'd eat it. Yeah, I was going to say he'd probably definitely eat it. Well, you know what? Um, writing letters by hand specifically can be a good way to, like, say you have a friend, a pen pal, whatever it is. It uh, could be a good way to not just express your ideas, but to get your mind thinking in a different mode, because you're not necessarily, unless you're like writing pieces of fiction to say, if you're just writing like, you know, how are you doing? And then share some thoughts that you were thinking about that day. That's different than creative writing. And it it's kind of weird how you will find yourself, uh, exp- like how you express your ideas when it's not in fiction form. At least yeah. for me, I find it's different. Um, well, so even in fiction, you don't you enjoy some uh, hand like writing by hand? Yeah, you? I've been doing that, and it's a different experience. It's harder, but I find the only thing that sucks is the because ed- I write with pen. The editing, not 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 editing the page as in like uh, going back, but as I'm writing, a lot of times you know, the boy ran down the street, and I'm like, the boy galloped down the street, whatever. Mm. Like. I would have to line out the whole yeah. sentence or something or use whiteout or whatever. That could be a little daunting, but it makes you slow down and think out your sentences more so you don't fuck up like that. That's I think that's a fun way to go about it, too, If you're especially if you're struggling, is just try writing a story by hand. Though my hand gets crampy. Yeah. And that kind of sucks because I could really knock out a... If I was determined, I could knock out a 10,000-word story in a day via computer, like on you know the laptop, but... I don't think it would just be be as detailed or yeah. good as the handwritten story. Uh, number five, write anything. Well, I mean, when in doubt, just fucking like jazz music, just free throw, you know, well, free flow. Well, I mean, well, uh, take us for example. Like whenever we first started doing all this, the how long did it take for us to really start doing any kind of stories? Or you know, any or anything past flash flash fiction? It was always uh, articles. Yeah, we started small. Articles, reviews, they said uh, flash fiction, just things like that, you know what I mean? And now, after doing it for a little bit, we're finally trying to start out, uh, branch out and, you know, do bigger, different kind of things now. More elaborate. Yeah. Uh, A lot of people disagree with me and uh, even besmirched my character or mental capacity and or mental capacity when I mentioned on Twitter some time ago. That very thing you said where I recommended starting small with flash fiction and short stories and all. But then you just go into novels and blah, blah. All right. Well, I, I mean, maybe for you, maybe you I got I mean, the, we're all different, but. Maybe you got the mental capacity for that, but I wouldn't have. Like, if whenever we first started the website and stuff, if I tried to write, like, a couple hundred page, or just a hundred page story, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's. Well, put, let me put it this way. How many 15-year-olds you know who are getting into creative writing for the first time immediately go into writing a novel? Every person on that fucking Twitter thread, I would say 99.9% of them were lying or, at the best, weren't being honest with themselves because 
who the fuck starts with writing a novel? Maybe when you first got serious, yeah. you jumped into novel writing. But there's no way when you were a kid or a teenager, even in your early 20s, that you immediately started writing novels. If you did, they're probably shitty. Because you, you have to learn how to write. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Unless you wrote 10 novels. And those 10 were unpublished garbage, and that's how you learn how to write. But I think most people learn by writing short stories, obviously. Even when you're a kid in school and they give you some kind of prompt, I just... Well, uh, I mean, and even, like, that's how, like, a lot of, you know, famous authors, they, authors, they would submit stories yeah. to magazines. And then, you know, oh, that would make it, um, you know, an editor or, uh, you know, an agent might notice that and then talk to them. And then, like, then all of a sudden, they a couple short stories for these magazines. And they might get an advance for their novel, for yeah. their first novel or whatever, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know... It's that we always use the analogy of like sports and other things, yeah. you know. It's not very rarely are you able to just walk in and open up the laptop at like you know, like you said, age fifteen and just like crank out a novel and it'd be award winning. Well, also, and we've said this many times. Look at the one hit wonders or first time novelists who hit it big with their first novel. Even like at E.L. James with the Fifty Shades of Grey, she was writing fan fiction before that. Who knows yeah. how many short stories she wrote? Who knows like how many novel-length works she wrote that weren't Fifty Pro- Shades? Probably not a lot. Well, you never know. But she didn't get famous just right off of Fifty... Like, she got famous off the Fifty Shades, but that's not the only thing she did. That's just the thing that got her famous. Yeah. Like, you know, Stephen King with the, the nail on the wall with all the... F- fucking rejected manuscripts, real short story manuscripts and stuff that he submitted and kept getting, you know, rejected, rejected. Start, everyone fucking starts off small. I don't care who you are. It's very rare that somebody will come along and just get a big book deal. I mean, now it's more rare if you have the right image, but, I mean, it's less rare now if you have the right image, but it's fucking also more shitty, like, yeah. work. Going, just because we do everything out of fucking order here. Going back to how do I get started writing, though, Obviously, you know, get whatever supplies you want or just do a little research on, say, you have a laptop or something, like what writing, like Word or I recommend Google Docs is the easy one because yeah. it's free. Even, and, and it works with, you know, if you got other Google things, it's yeah. easy to, you know. Even if you just want to go and slap out a fucking, uh, slap a story on one of those note things that are on every phone and laptop, like just a note feature that's free, you could do that too, just write on there just to practice. I like I've said on many times on here because I like to be a pedantic douche. I started off pretentious, I guess is a better word. I'm a pretentious douche because I started off on the the typewriter. Honestly, that's you're gonna have to get a typewriter for down here now. Yeah, yeah, I was actually looking. They're expensive now. Fucking oh, ironic. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're super expensive. Um, and then I moved on from typewriter to computer that I got off my cousin who owned a bookstore that was next to my house, and the computer was like a. Not just the old shitty computer, but it was literally just for like cash register, so there was no documents or anything yeah. on it. It was just the green, the black screen with the green. Oh, so you couldn't save anything. You could, and there was no editing or any like, uh, what was it DOS or whatever? It's like no, uh, you know, red squiggly lines. There's nothing. It's not a word document of any kind. It's just you just write on it and just. Uh, I practice that way, and then I moved on up to, uh, fuck, I guess pen and paper. I don't know. I don't. I didn't get. A, fucking real computer till I was like 20 something anyway so when you start off writing you know get the essentials done like that you need to pick your writing space we have a whole episode on that if you want to check it out the importance of uh I forget what the name of that was a writing space writing area whatever which we should probably uh revisit now yeah Ooh. 
Yeah, that'd be a good topic to go back over. Considering the new circumstances and things like that. Get yourself a fucking writing lounge. A writer's lounge. The writing space is very important because... And it doesn't have to be a specific space you go to every time. Maybe, uh, say you're in school and you get recess, like you're you know, middle school or something. Got like a nice tree in the courtyard. You could be by yourself and do that. Uh, go to the park, picnic table. You fucking... Kids don't go to malls anymore. If you went to the mall, I'm sure yeah. there's like there's always an area. You just get some established areas where it's quiet or noisy if you prefer. Maybe a cafe, whatever it is. You just get that nice place where you're comfortable and you can be creative. That's what's important. And then kind of make that your routine of going to that spot. And then you get into oh, this is writing time. Oh shit! When did I highlight dicks, butts, and poop? What does that mean? Dicks, I, butts, you, and poop? You know what oh, it means. Oh, website switch, sorry. <laughs> you know what it means. Uh, another one, set a time. This kind of goes with what I was just talking about, which we've actually implemented recently with our writing sessions, I guess you can call them. We kind of said, so far now it's just like Fridays. Yeah. We've been doing it, and it's like the same time every Friday. And, you know, you just know, okay, got to write this time. Because my work schedule, my, I always have the same hours of writing anyway, so uh, that works for me. And this is one, a very important one, which is why people fail at writing a lot. because they don't do this. You have to choose a goal. Not just a, a simple, I want to write a novel. I want to write a short story. I want to write five short stories this month. Like Those are good goals to have, too. And, you know, write those down. But I would say those are your major goals. Those are the ones you, you want to hit, but you need the smaller those, goals to get to those. Those are milestones. Milestones. Perfect word. Uh, the smaller goals would be, I want to write 500 words a day or 1,000 words a day. I want to write a chapter a day. I want to write five chapters a week. You hit all those little goals to make up the big goals or to get to the milestones. And then Hopefully before you know, you, you get to the milestones and then that's when you should be seeing real progress. Yeah, and you can actually look back on it and be like, holy shit, this is what I did. Where I've struggled a lot in my life is I won't set those goals. I just go, ah, I'm just going to write today. Eight hours go by after work. I'm like, ah, I'll write tomorrow. I'll just do double tomorrow. And then I'll do that the next. You know what? I'm, I don't feel like writing today either. I'll triple it. I'll do five hours in a row on Wednesday. Yeah, don't do that. Just have a writing goal. Be like, I want to do this much or that much. And that that's, I feel, a way better. It's, a, it's just a better way to be productive. And it's more realistic, especially when you're first starting off. Because if you set those big high goals that you're not going to be able to reach... Then you get discouraged, and you don't you won't want to do anything anymore. Whereas if you set those smaller, easier goals, especially when starting off, and you get those, then you're like, oh, I've done, I did something. A check mark, I've did something. What's the next thing? Like you know yeah. what I mean? It's that slow. That's that small ball that slowly roll, rolls into like a big avalanche of productivity. Hopefully. And if you're like me, because I am definitely like a bulk, right? Because I was telling you off air that you asked me what I did this weekend because I didn't read any of the King Arthur we're supposed to be reading. It's like what the fuck did? Oh, I wrote like most of the week. I actually did a lot of writing. I find I'm a kind of a a bulk writer. Maybe I'm like a bipolar person. I get kind of. Not not really bipolar, but when it comes to my writing, I get romantic at times, and I'll just fucking write, 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 and then I'll go on, like, a downswing. Though, but, like, we brought that up, like, we talked about it in previous issues of, of, like, the scheduling. So as long as you can manage those or kind of schedule those to more so they're just not, like, at random time. Yeah. But, like, you know, if you can be like, all right, this weekend, I don't have any plans this weekend, 
all I'm going to do for this weekend is sit in my coney hole and ride and grow a beard. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you might not be able to write for the rest of the week, but you got what you need to get done in those two days. Well, the kind of person I am, and I think a lot of people are like this, like you're talking about you know, how you feel when you hit your goals and stuff. When I hit a goal, I get super motivated. So say my goal is a thousand words in a night. If I hit that thousand words, like that was a strong goal for me. I was like, I, I have to hit a thousand words. I hit that goal. I get all pumped up and I want, instead of just like, okay, I'm calling it a day. I end up doing 2000 or like, I, I want to do more. I feel like a lot of people, they get energized by hitting those goals and they actually do more in a day than they were. So maybe they actually like kickstart or stretch goals. Yeah. You hit your first goal and then you just go, yeah. even though your second one is supposed to be for tomorrow. Fuck it. I'm hitting that one today too. And you just, you push ahead. And then the next day, you'd be like, you know what? It was originally one. I got three yesterday. Today's going to be two. Yeah. Like, you know. And then end, uh, you end up altering your goals and making them higher. So instead of a thousand words a day, because you're knocking, you know, a whole week's worth of goals out in one day. And not one now, you got to stretch it up. So now it's 5,000 words in one day or something. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be fucking nice. As long as you're making some writing progress, that's a lot better than no writing progress. Yes. Speaking of. No, don't. How how you been writing no, this weekend or Monday and Tuesday since no. Friday when you came over to write here? No, 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 we won't talk about it. Nothing, nothing good. No, this been this been a a hectic week and like like today the job that I normally help my boss do I had to do by myself all day today. Lovely. Yeah. So and then just yeah then with uh other things going on later in the week and stuff I know that I've. I try not to use that excuse, but it kind of just gets you out of the the mind frame and stuff to that you need to be in to you know to get good work done. Mm. Well, if it makes you feel better, I brought a Neil Gaiman to shame you. Yeah, Curtain rolls back. You know what? I would actually yeah. that'd be awesome. That'd be. The... I was gonna say Radiohead, just because of the Scott Tenorman episode of South Park where he gets yeah. the Radiohead to shame for Scott Tenorman for being a little pussy um, after he ate his parents. Uh but I found that Radiohead's not really relevant now. I don't know. Do you think, like, no Gaiman would be able to even shame anybody? I don't think he could. Like, he seems like, too nice. Yeah, he seems like such a good, nice guy. Like, I, don't I think feel he... like he would shame you in a positive way. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't hit your goals today, mate. That's Australian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Chap. But you know what? I'm sure you had a very good reason. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure you hit him again next yeah. week. Probably when you're a little less busy, you'll be able to sit down and get some writing done. And then you're thinking in your head, I wasn't fucking busy. I'm just lazy. It yeah. makes you shame yourself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. So if you enjoy our work, we got some uh, writing article coming out soon, I think. We had a guest writer, actually. Very good article, too. I, I told her we were going to read it on the air once I publish it. That's what I was saying. Oh, you Should can... we tease, tease what it's about, or... It's about um, traditional publishing in 2020, mm. especially with the pandemic going on and stuff. Uh, I forget the title of it or off the top of my head, but something along the lines, is that still a viable option or should you pursue that? Something along those lines. She did a really good job on that. So by the time this probably comes out there, it'll probably be out there. Right? I'm assuming, uh, yeah. It'll be on a Monday whenever it comes out. Trying to get that kind of stuff and non, uh, non-Halloween stuff out yeah. know, before October. But you can check out that kind of stuff on our website, the 
www.drunkenpenwriting.com. I want to say drunken pen writing experience again. <laughs> That's on my mind. Um, you can check us out on uh, Twitter. Yeah, we still got that. Yeah. Twitter at drunk pen writing, Instagram and Facebook drunken pen writing. Now, Spencer, I have a very important question for you before we leave. Okay. Now, I think you know the answer to this one, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, Because you are a smart man. <laughs> Do you want to fist fight Greg Kinnear beneath a filthy overpass? Surge! Lick the tit! That's <laughs> it, just lick the tit. I couldn't think. I forgot to write down the, uh, or to come up with the, uh, you know, the, the, the slogan right there. <laughs> That's just the warm-up one. It's going to get better. Oh. <laughs>